0: Thank you for listening to this message by Pastor Chad Randall at Life Story Church. We are a grassroots church located in the heart of the Bellevue community in Nashville, Tennessee. Our services are streamed live on Facebook and YouTube every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Central Time. We would love for you to join us. Now here's Pastor Chad Randall. Good evening, Life Story Church friends and family, Facebook world. We're so glad that you guys are with us tonight. Why don't you go ahead and do something for me right off the bat? If you haven't uh, clicked like or share, uh, go ahead and do that. Uh, The more people we get clicking, liking, and sharing, the more people are going to know what we're doing here in Nashville, Tennessee, in the Bellevue community. Amen? Do something else for me now. Second instruction right out of the gate. Say hello to somebody. If you haven't said hello yet, uh, you see somebody else is on here watching or maybe they've just tuned in, acknowledge that they're there. Give a big Life Story Church welcome. Amen? Amen. So uh, we had an awesome weekend this past week out at the beautiful outdoor chapel at Rowlwood Retreat out past Lovelace Cafe on Highway 100. Guys, if you're at all... Uh, able to join us out there as we meet out there until we're able to get back into the Bellevue Middle School. Uh, I encourage you guys to make it happen. It's incredibly beautiful. We had little fans, old school church tent revival fans to hand out uh, for this past Sunday and and I don't think we even really even needed them. Uh, Believe it or not at the end of June we had cloud cover and beautiful cool breezes blowing through uh, the, the tree covered area where the chapel is so guys I encourage you I encourage you to be a part of that uh, while we're still out there if, if you get the chance if you're able okay uh, I mentioned already how important it is to click share and click like and, uh, and do all that stuff. If you're just joining us, you know that uh, you need to know that we're a grassroots church here in Nashville, Tennessee. So we sure appreciate uh, uh, the free advertisement that social uh, social media platforms can provide. So we have an Instagram account. Check that out. Click like or whatever you do with that, click like on the Facebook page. Guys, go to our website as well, lifestorychurch.com. I know a lot of you guys are familiar with that because you still partner with us financially through the online giving there. A lot of you guys, since this COVID-19 stuff happened, you've been doing your online tithing there, guys. Uh, Don't take that for granted. It's an awesome tool of convenience to build this church and build the kingdom of God right here in our community. Amen? amen so we thank you for that and I want to take a moment to uh, to bless that as well so let's just pray here quickly okay Heavenly Father Lord we thank you for who you are we thank you that you've brought us together to knit our hearts together Lord uh, we know that you see the hearts of your people as they sow father to build life Story church and to build the kingdom uh, right here in Bellevue God so we say thank you and we ask that you'd bless your people father as they sow abundantly so they shall reap abundantly as your word says father uh, uh, just we, we commit our giving to you that you would be glorified and praised in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen, Amen. So we've been uh, having a conversation uh, the last couple weeks, uh, the last couple weeks at Life Story about covenant. It started on Father's Day, okay. On Father's Day, we started talking about the importance of a of a covenant uh, of a covenant family. And the role that the father has. And that the mother has too in a covenant family. And then last week we talked about covenant marriages, didn't we? Well, I'm going to continue this line of thinking. I think that it's been... Honestly, it's been really enlightening for a lot of us. You know, we love to study the, we are a church that loves to study the Bible, amen? Amen? We will grab scripture and we go line by line, verse by verse, but, you know, there's, there is a place for life application messages as well and, and, and to look to the scripture and to look line by line, verse by verse in different places in context. To talk about certain things that the church just needs to be talking about, quite honestly, and that uh, quite honestly, a lot of the churches in this country aren't talking about. So last week, uh, uh, this last Sunday, we talked about covenant marriages. Um, there's how there is a difference, a difference between a contract relationship or marriage and a covenant marriage or relationship, right? a contract relationship you're just looking for what you get out of it the contract is written to protect you right versus covenant relationships covenant marriages are you know what agape love is involved love of love directly from the holy spirit from god within you is involved the ability to love without expecting anything in return. That just sounds contrary to logical thinking according to the flesh, doesn't it? But that's the way that God works. In the kingdom, the way up is down and the way down is up, amen? So in our covenant marriages, okay, uh, we are going to, the onus is on us to be led by the Holy Spirit not to keep records of wrongs, right? Not to, uh, not to, um, uh, go about it as a contract. Well, we're going to continue that line of thinking here. I'm not going to re-teach that whole sermon all over again, right? Uh, relationships are vital to our living the life that we were created for. Can I see our our uh, uh, sermon tile for tonight for you? Nope. Uh, th- our next installment is covenant. Uh, some things were not meant to be broken. You see that? Some things aren't meant to be broken. Somebody say Amen. Amen. These relationships, not just marriages, but relationships in our lives, church, uh, there are vital relationships are vital to our living the full life that we were created for. We spoke about it last week. We're going to keep talking about it, and we're going to talk about it again on Sunday, possibly, all right? I mean, this, this, this whole sermon series, what I'm trying to do is I want to elevate our conversation to another level, to a kingdom level i want us to be people who think kingdom amen relationships will relationships will make you or they they can break you am i right how many people have been broken by relationships in their life show of hands you don't really have to raise your hand you're in a chat room right or whatever (laughs) you're in a comment feed I'll raise my hand. I'll raise both... Andrew's laughing at me. I'll raise both hands. I'll raise both hands. We've. I, I have been broken by relationships. How about this one? How many have built successful lives... Hear me. How many of you have built successful lives on solid relationships? Everybody's hands going up, right? No. Some of us anyway, right? Maybe not all of us, but a lot of us. A lot of us, that's to be sure. The truth is that... Hear me here, this is, the, this is the reality. Any and all success that we have in life is built on solid relationships. Have you been blessed with a great job opportunity before? Have you been blessed with a great job opportunity? Well, guess what? Somebody believed in you, right? Somebody believed in you and, and you honored them by delivering, right? By repaying their faith uh, within you with delivering, okay? are you? Uh, how about this? Are you a self-made businessman? Businesswoman? Self-made, right? Well, you've hired well if you're successful. You've hired, you've trusted the right distributors then if you're successful, alright? Those are relationships. Has any, anybody ever had, how about this, has anybody in here ever had uh, a good thing going, and then all of the sudden, things start to go south. Anybody? Things start to go to south, and they go start going south in in a handbasket, as the saying goes. Right? Suddenly, it feels like you just can't get a hold on it. Suddenly, things are more chaotic in your life than they are peaceful. Anybody? Everybody? <laughs> I'd be willing to bet that. In each and every situation crossing the minds of the audience out there in Facebook and YouTube world right now, that, that there is a particular relationship that you're thinking of, or particular relationships that you could point to as the root cause of the chaos. Am I right? And this is not just people uh, letting you down, because it's whether whether they failed you or you failed them, if you're honest, right? But it's the breakdown of a relationship. The point that I'm trying, uh, uh, to, I'm trying to go to great lengths to make tonight is that relationships are vital to our success. Who in here wants to be successful? Oh, everybody's saying goes up, right? Well, guess what? Relationships are vital they're vital to our success or they're vital to our failure in life if you if you've ever been through something in life and you put tried your hand to something and you failed odds are is you maybe believed in the wrong people or trusted the wrong people am i right so what do we do with this insight then what are we going to do with it guys we all want to be happy obviously We all want healthy relationships, obviously, right? We are all sick and tired of the circle of chaos that goes on in our lives or has potential to, aren't we? We have to learn the true meaning of the word covenant. Hear my heart tonight, church. If you don't know it, you need to learn it. We all need to know it. What does the word covenant mean? Well, here it is. I'll give it to you. Can I see that first graphic? Covenant. Simply, a solemn agreement between two parties for the purpose of creating and maintaining a successful relationship. A solemn agreement between two parties. For the purpose of creating and maintaining a successful relationship. I love that word solemn right off the bat. Look at that. A solemn agreement. What does that mean? Well, the word solemn, I'll just tell you, the word solemn means deeply, it means earnest, it means serious, serious agreement. It means sacred. A sacred agreement between two parties. Mm-mm, that's a covenant, it's sacred. Our marriages need to be sacred. Our our kingdom friendships need to be sacred. We'll get to that. We'll get to kingdom friendships. But we, church, a sacred agreement between two parties. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 40 reads. Let's read. I'll give you a minute to flip your page as well. i take a drink. Jesus replied. He said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. There's some good stuff on that. If we get to this next part uh, of the series on Sunday, or we'll get to it soon, there's a lot in that loving your neighbor as you love yourself. There's a big piece of this covenant, covenant talk. Verse 40, let's read. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Love. And we know that word love. Guess what? Does anybody know what word was Jesus is using there in the Greek? That the, the writer is using in the Greek? Huh? Recording Jesus. Matthew's recording the words of Jesus and he's writing in Greek. Guess what he wrote down? Agape. Can I see the definition of that word? I'm not going to give you the, the the Strong's definition. I'm going to give you a a, a reference to Uh, In my own words here, agape. Can I see that picture? Agape. An overwhelming desire to give of yourself, essentially. That's what it is. To the other person, for their benefit. That's what it looks like in the context of a covenant relationship, all right? Within Within a covenant of two parties. For their benefit, regardless. Are you getting this? Regardless of the cost to yourself. If you're in a relationship whatever kind of relationship you're in if you can't say regardless of the cost to yourself it isn't covenant unconditional love church your neighbor as yourself look out for them speak up for them stick up for them as you'd look out for yourself their physical needs Their emotional needs their spiritual needs how do you define neighbor? Well, your neighbor the people that live around you, right? Well, sure, but also your church family. We got to be this way with each other. This is a commission that we've been given, given directly in the Word of God as believers, and we say we're believers, so we receive instruction directly from Jesus, right? So, shouldn't we for a good starting point be that we treat each other this way, and then let it carry over? Let it because it's an, of our mind, our kingdom mindset, and of our heart. Shouldn't it carry over to how we treat the people in our neighborhood? Mm. This is good stuff. This is good stuff here, church. I'm telling you. There is a breakdown, a breakdown in the church body today. I'm going to say it. okay? There is a shortage of covenant relationships. Can I go back? Can I see that next uh, graphic? Let's look at the defi- definition again. Solemn agreement. Think of you. I know, at Life Story. We're a smaller church still, so we, we it's actually easier to build relationships like this. But I'm not going to let you off the hook, guys. Life Story Church. Okay. Do you ask yourself this honestly? Do you have covenant relationships among your church family? Solemn, sacred agreement between two parties. All right. Sacred agreement that. Uh, <laughs> Is regardless of the cost to yourself. How about that? Mm -mm. Desire to help the other person regardless of the cost to yourself. Church, two parties enter a solemn agreement with the success of the relationship first in mind. First in mind for me and for you is that this relationship work. Right? So it's first in our minds. That means... I'm going to want to make sure that my partner in this gr- agreement is happy too, right? And you're going to want to make sure I'm happy too, right? Because if they're not, the relationship could fall apart. And if it fails, I will have a broken, sacred agreement. Boy, this speaks to our, what we talked about on Sunday too, doesn't it? With marriages. It's a sacred agreement that you're in. My goodness. The truth is church, we just don't think in terms of covenant anymore. We just don't think in terms of covenant anymore and it's first of all due to, I believe a crisis of identity. Do you know that when you are in Christ, do you know this that when you are in Christ that you are an heir in heir that means inheritance, you are an heir. the beloved The Beloved of the Most High God. You're His daughter, His Son. My goodness. And He is looking out for you. Do you believe that? He's looking out for you. You've got to know that if you're going to uh, be at rest. You've got to know that if you're going to be at rest. You've got to know it. If you are going to have confidence in any relationship that you have. If you don't know that deep down, you're not going to have confidence in any relationship. If you don't have confidence here, heart to Jesus... Here between me and Jesus you don't have that how could you possibly have confidence in any other relationship you've got to understand the covenant that God has made with you the believer before you'll ever be able to keep a true covenant with anybody else have you made covenant with God he's come and he's offered he's put his hand out into the darkness hopefully hoping that you'll take his hand and he can lead you into the light. And lead you into a place of new covenant with him are you willing to sign that contract are you signing that mmm there's more to that stay stay tuned buckle up okay mmm but in regards to anybody else you'll never be able to keep a true covenant with anybody else until you understand the covenant that you have with God because I uh, simply put I personally I can't solemnly swear to look out for your end of this relationship okay when I'm so busy looking out for myself and my end of it right what does that mean well it's human nature to look out for number one is the point okay you've got to understand that God has has that covered you're good you're good with him he's looking out for you so it doesn't have to be your number one priority anymore You, you got that You've got to understand the covenant you've got with Jesus so you can stop looking out for number one all the time. He's now looking out for you all the time. You don't have to do it anymore. Okay, now you can look out for other parties first. You can put covenant friendships ahead of yourself and your own interests because Jesus is looking out for your interests first and foremost. Let that sink in for a minute. Because it's completely foreign and backwards to the way that the Western mind thinks. It is. We believe we've got to do the best that we can. Look out for yourself. Look out for number one. Save all you can. Can all you get. Sit on the can. Right? I've always loved that saying. That's the Western mind. Okay? But Jesus says, hey, I got you covered. Now you go. Now you go. You go. And uh, uh, what, what does he say? He says... Uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, soul and all your mind, and then what? Love your neighbor, because I you do number one. I got you. I got your back. I got you. Now you go love your neighbor. Okay? You can't do number one, or you can't you can't go uh, you can't go receive the, the sending of that second point without having an understanding of the first point. Does that make sense? I hope so. I hope, I'm, I hope I'm doing this topic justice, okay? He's looking out for you. Most of our, most of our deepest relationships, we would say our, deep, true, our deepest relationships in our life, they're still truly just contracts. If you betray me, see you later. Done. There's no agape. There's no unconditional there. Our marriages need to be unconditional. Our covenant friendship is unconditional. Again, we'll talk more about that. This is such a big... This is one of those subject matters that this just has to be a series. You can't do this in one sermon. So what is covenant versus contract? I've got a few points for you note-takers on this tonight. Uh, Can we see that next graphic? First one. Covenant is based on mutual commitment. Mutual commitment, we are both committed to each other above our own interests. A contract is based on mutual distrust. Huh, that's interesting. Mutual distrust is true because a contract is ultimately meant to protect you, right? So, okay, in other words, here's how this is gonna work, right? Don't hurt me and I won't hurt you, okay? break that and i'll break you right isn't that most contracts my goodness it's a contract just sign here and sign here at the dotted line right by the little check mark sign here please exchange your rings and you may kiss the bride now it's a contract Mm-mm-mm-mm. a contract protects me in the relationship right Covenant defines the relationship, defines the very nature of the relationship. Luke chapter twenty-two, verse twenty reads. In the same way, after the supper, Seder, right, last Seder, Passover Seder, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant what in my blood which is poured out for you wow jesus is telling us here that he's making a blood covenant with us a blood covenant We hear this is a term that we hear uh i don't think a lot of the, our modern western minds really understand what a blood covenant is right we kind of understand that Boy, this must be serious it involves blood bleeding cutting I guess I don't know but this obviously you think it's going to be symbolism at the Seder here until later that day Jesus was literally shed his blood spilled it into the earth for you blood covenant what is in Christ's blood so he's making a blood covenant for, uh, with us what is in his blood well A lot is in his blood, as it uh, uh, so happens. Can I see this next picture, this next graphic? What's in the blood of Christ? A lot. This is the genealogy of Jesus of Nazareth. you see it? So it's all the way back at Adam on the top left. You see that's in red, Abraham to the right. But look below it. Seth, Enosh, uh, uh, all the way down to Enoch, Methuselah, uh, Lamech, all the way up. You see under uh, it goes all the way up from uh, Noah and to, down to Noah, then Noah's uh, sons, to Terah, to Abraham. Well, what is in? I want you to keep this picture up as people are, are, are looking at this as I explain this. What is in the blood? A lot is in the blood of Christ. I want you to look down from Abraham as we go down to Isaac, Jacob, Judah, Judah, then Perez. Well, we talked about this on Mother's Day, actually. Uh, Pretty deep study for a Mother's Day, but uh, we did. Uh, Judah gave birth to, P- to Perez. How so? Through Tamar. Tamar helped ensure that the bloodline of the Messiah, uh, through an off-the-wall story, uh, unorthodox uh, way of doing things, she, without even intending to do that, ensured that the bloodline of Judah would be maintained and so the Messiah continued through Judah to Perez as we go down all the way and what do we see down there Boaz right well look right above Boaz who was Boaz's father well Salmon was Boaz's father Does anybody remember who Salmon's wife was Rahab the harlot of Jericho here we have two Gentile uh, women that position themselves as prostitutes grafted into the bloodline of Christ. That's crazy. What are we seeing here? My goodness. It's a bloodline of faith. It's a bloodline It's a, a bloodline of integrity and grace, church. Pure blood. At the same time, as we look at the line of Christ, you know what we don't see in that, uh, that lineage and line of Christ? We don't see the wicked kings of Israel. You know, they were were cut out. Those wicked kings were cut out and redacted from the covenant uh, lineage. Man, what does that tell me? Well, it tells me that just because your family doesn't, uh, 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 just because your family doesn't mean that you're in covenant, does it? Just because you're this is a the seed line of Christ is a covenant bloodline, okay? It's a covenant, it's mutual. The seed line of Christ stretched back through David and Abraham to Adam. In Adam, in Adam, we find what a lot of people overlook. A lot of people overlook the first animal sacrifice. When they were naked and they were hiding in the garden. They're covering themselves with leaves. What ha- the first thing that happened when God showed up, what did he do? The first animal was sacrificed to make them skins to cover themselves. It was sacrificed then and there to cover the shame of Adam. Right? The first blood sacrifice was to cover the shame. So grace is a part of this. There's grace in the blood of Christ. Mm, there's purpose in it, church. This is, It's powerful. It's profound. It's a lot of different adjectives. All right, with Adam, or with, for, so that's what we see with Adam. Continue, we continue down that uh, uh, bloodline. Can I see that picture one more time? Can we go back to that? What do we see? We go up to Abraham. All right, you can come off it whenever you want to. With Abraham, we undoubtedly, undoubtedly find the coloration between uh, the uh, blood and covenant. All right, I'm going to just read. I'm going to let me read you something. Okay in Genesis chapter 15 we find this interesting story about Abraham. Abraham is talking with God and God makes Abraham some promises and says, "You know, what? I'm going to I'm going to bless you. I'm going to do all these things with you. Do you agree?" Abraham is like, "Yes, of course." You know, all the the story of the Messiah and the heavens. I'm going to use you. Because you are a man of faith, you're my friend. So you know what? To to receive these promises, we're going to go into covenant together. Let's let's make promises to each other. All right? Let's do that. And Abraham's all on board. Well, in those days, a covenant between two parties was made in this way. Okay, an animal would be slaughtered, and the two bloody halves, two bloody halves of the animal would be separated on the ground. All right. Uh, the two parties recited the terms then of the covenant and they would take turns walking between the two uh, pieces in a figure eight. A figure eight, right? They're walking around those two pieces in a figure eight. They're reciting the terms of the contract. Are you getting this visual? I hope you are, it's pretty cool. Uh, uh, the terms uh, were that if the covenant was broken, why the animal cut in half? Well, the the terms were that if the covenant was broken, the defaulter would become like the poor dead animal. My mind, and they would then cook and eat the animal, and they'd have a celebration, a celebratory meal. Okay, in order to seal the land covenant, Abraham. Uh, Abraham and God performed the same ritual. This is how they did it. God tells a- Abraham, if you've ever read Genesis, uh, Genesis chapter 15, you're like, what in the world is that about? Well now you know, now you know, right? God tells Abraham to prepare the sacrifice. But when it is Abraham's turn to walk through, God goes through, right? When it's Abraham's turn to walk through, God puts him into a deep sleep. Chapter 15 says, A deep sleep during which God communicates with him still. God recites the terms of the covenant, and he tells him what is going to happen. And so, please go read this. I don't, I'm just summarizing for, to make our point tonight. Please go read this uh, uh, later, okay? Uh, God recites the terms of the covenant and tells him what is going to happen to his family over the next few hundred years. Hundred years, right? Wow. And then, then a smoking furnace and a burning lamp. Think about what this must have looked like, right? A burning lamp passed between the two halves of the sacrifice in the figure eight motion. This represents God's presence. The burning lamp represents God's presence. (laughs) But Abraham, how awesome. But There's a problem here if I'm Abraham, right? I'm, I'm in this deep sleep. Abraham, in his condition, is not able to take the walk. He does not allow Abraham to be held responsible for his side of the covenant. Do you see this beauty? God, it's time for Abraham to, to do his part of the covenant. What's God do? Puts him to sleep. My goodness. It is, in fact, an unconditional covenant because God did both sides of it. So, you know, let's make a covenant. I'm going to do this for you. And you know what? Uh, I'll do my part. You know, let it be done to me if I don't do my part of this deal. Go ahead. Now you go through and you honor your part of the deal. Sleep. Right? And then God does it and says, you know what? Both sides of the contract I take on myself. Whew! Get chills. That is grace, church. It is, in fact, an unconditional covenant that God has made with Abraham Yeah, I I caution anybody who uh, is anti-Semitic or uh, is not, you know, doesn't have a good opinion of the nation of Israel. God is in covenant with that nation. Church. Mm -mm -mm. So it is to say, in other words, that it is impossible for Abraham to break his side of the deal. There's nothing to break. God did his side of the deal. Mm, I believe that this is another type and shadow of covenant relationship. Obviously, they're making a blood covenant. We are in a blood covenant with Jesus that is type and shadow of this. What is our part of the deal? (laughs) Jesus did it for us. He made the sacrifice. First he gave the law. Then he fulfilled the law. What is our part? We have no part in it. Well, have faith and believe, right? But that's not something you do. It's, it's something you think. It's a perspective and a point of view. Ah, church, this is good. All he requires of us is our faith. That's it. Isn't that beautiful? As Abraham was the man of faith, and not only is Jesus sacrificing himself, but he takes on himself our end of the bargain, as he took our sin upon himself. His blood is our new, unconditional, agape covenant, blood covenant. Any wonder why God went to such great lengths to keep that blood pure until the Messiah came? Any wonder why Satan kept trying to cut it off? Tried to cut it off by having uh, uh, Moses killed, but he escaped, right? Many times he came after David. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm-mm. Many times he tried to get in the way of the seed line. Genesis chapter 6. Many times. Second point. Let's move. Let's move. Next graphic. Covenant. Covenant surrenders rights and assumes responsibility. Contract protects rights and shirks responsibility. Now, which. Relationship is kingdom, Romans chapter 12 verse 5. Let's read. So in Christ, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. (sighs) That's an important word there. Belongs. I belong to you, you belong to me. We are one body in Christ. You need me? I need you. Are you. Kidding me? How many in here would say that they belong to the people in this church? Or do you attend? Do you have a contract in your mind with this church? Or do you belong to this church? You see the difference? Got to get our, our minds thinking kingdom. His kingdom, your kingdom come, your will be done. Amen? On earth as it is in heaven. God is so good. Gifts, church, they're given not only as a blessing for you, not only for God's grand purpose either, uh, for your life, but for the body. Because the body of Christ is His grand purpose, right? So the gifts that you're given were meant to be given back to your church family. Most important thing that you can ever do with your gift, I don't care what if you've been gifted in administration skills, if you've been gifted in uh, graphic design, if you've been gifted in uh, playing the guitar, whatever, right? Whatever, in, in working childcare, whatever your gifting is, you're not living in your destiny until you're giving that back to the church body. You're, you are one of many, right? You're one of many. And together we make up the body. That is that is the truth church there is a false i got to say it there is a false false narcissistic narrative that has invaded the mind of the church today that god has given me this gift to achieve his grand purpose through me alone right and on the other side of that there is the person who is thinking i don't have any big gifts you know so God couldn't use me in any grand way, so why? why give it all, right? Both are wrong. Both are very wrong, church. Both ways of thinking will only result in flawed expectations, not only of God, but expectations that we have of each other and expect- expectations that we have of our church and of our pastor, of our leadership, as our br- of our brothers and sisters. Hmm. I don't care if you think that you don't have any big gifts. This church can't just leave the spreading of the gospel up to me. Can't. I need you. And I refuse to think that God is only going to use those of us with more visible gifts to do mighty things. And you know that. We've studied Gideon recently, haven't we? Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, there is so much evidence to the contrary contrary. When we have the wrong expectations, when we have wrong expectations for one another, relationships suffer every single time. And you know what? When I do marriage counseling or premarital counseling, one of the first things right out of the gate that we talk about are expectations that we have of each other. Because everybody's got different, we all come from different families, different parts of the country, sometimes different cultures, or even ethnicities sometimes, and we all have pre-built in uh, expectations of what, what things should, relationships should look like, right? Man, man, oh man. So, uh, expectation. when we have wrong expectations for one another, that's, that's why they say the first year of marriage is so hard, right? Because you're figuring out all the different ways that you were wrong, right? But, for, but seriously, church and our church and our family you know, our relationships with our church brothers and sisters will suffer if we're expecting them to do something for me and they're not doing it, or or they're expecting me to do something and I'm not right. Expectations. Our expectations should be covenant, and our expectations should be a uh, uh, agape love, and it should be others first, you first, and me. It should be I'm invested in this relationship, right? Investing time, uh, so on and so forth. We have a mutual commitment here, right? Alright. This is why this is such good content, I'm telling you, church. We gotta we gotta have this at our core, at our in our hearts. Philippians chapter two, verse four reads Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. I'm telling you, that's Seems like it's low-lying fruit, doesn't it? It seems like it's obvious, but it's not being lived out in, in, the, in so much of the church today. You see that next graphic, that last point? This is our uh, last contrast point, I should say. Covenant has the interest of the other in mind. Contract has personal convenience in mind. Mm-mm. We need more covenant in our lives, more covenant in our lives with God, mm, with our brothers and sisters, in our families, in our marriages. It is not about personal convenience. Mm. And then when we're put out, then we're offended, then we're mad. No, it's not, that's not covenant. That's not covenant when that's the case. So let's do this examine your relationships examine your relationships are they covenant relationships be honest with yourself Be honest with yourself please do you genuinely place place the best interests of the other person above your own interests or is it about you you know or are they just relationships of convenience? Well, I work here. He works here. We're together every day. We should, yeah, you want to hang out sometime? I mean, it's just a convenience or, or uh, uh, go have lunch on our break, but then that's it. Or what, you know, is it convenience or, oh, uh, these are the people I go to church with. So I guess we'll be friends when we're at church and then not see each other again till next week. And if they miss church, then I won't see them for a couple weeks or a month sometimes, right? I mean, I'm just saying, church. Are your relationships relationships of convenience? How do you know? I'll tell you how you know. I've been telling you how you know, right? Are you both mutually invested in the success of the relationship? I want, you know what? Next time that we're at church, Life Story Church, all gathered together, I want you to look around that church as everybody's gathered. And I want you to look at every single person. I want you to say, is this a relationship that I have that is just of convenience? Uh-huh. Or am I invested in the success of this relationship? You go first. You go first, okay? And because I just, I'm just i telling everybody this right now, they will have heard this, right? So they're going to be thinking the same thing. It's time that we start having a relationship. I know a lot of you guys already do do this, okay? So I'm speaking to those who haven't taken that step yet, okay? And I know there's a lot of different... We're going to talk about this again, maybe on Sunday, if not, soon, Okay? I'm telling you, I know there's a lot of people that are dealing with hurt and they're dealing with insecurity and self-protection and all this stuff. You're just not going to be able to build covenant uh, uh, relationships with those obstacles in the way. So you're going to have to push them out and clear them out. And like I said, we'll talk about that. I don't have time today, but tonight. But church, let's be mutually invested. Amen. I want, my, I want to have a great relationship with every single one of you guys, you know? I am invested in you. I'm invested, I've invested time and my heart into you and into your families, right? I want you to do the same to me. I want you to, all of us, like a, intern, a, a nicely knit together web, right? Looking at how when they cr- do cross-stitching and all that stuff, right? They, I don't do that, so I don't know. Anyway, might have been a good metaphor. Somebody help me out if it's a good metaphor, okay? How about this? Do you go out of your way for them? It's another challenge. Do you go out of the way for those relationships? Do you go out of the way for them? What do you sacrifice? Do you sacrifice anything? If you do, what do you sacrifice exactly? Do you sacrifice time? And I know a lot of, we've got a great team at Life Story Church. I know that a lot of people sacrifice their time to the team or we wouldn't even be able to have church like we do. But it's gotta be, it's gotta move beyond our setup team. It's gotta move beyond our worship teams. It's gotta move, you know, we can't just click it up. If the church grows, those have the potential of just growing into clicks, and that's not how the body of Christ is supposed to be. We need to be like this. Amen? So make time. What are you sacrificing? Do you make an effort? When you don't feel like it, do you make an effort to build this, build relationship when you don't feel like it? What motivates your involvement? That's another good question. What motivates your involvement into that relationship? Is it because you just hope to get something or is it because you care? It needs to be because we care. But trust me, you'll get something. You'll, get, you'll be so vastly rewarded for a kingdom covenant friendship. In relationship marriage trust me you will be but it's got to be from a selfless perspective because that's the mind of christ that's the mind of the kingdom of our king first uh, john chapter 4 verse 19 what, what does it say we love because he first loved us so what do we do what should we do go first Not because of what we might gain, but because of what we have already attained. Amen? Golly, that's good stuff. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 reads, But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. Are you ready for it? Here's how He demonstrated His love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, man. Thank goodness, man! I tell you what—we can be a mess, can't we? Even saved believers, we're saved, but we're still growing, aren't we? We can be a mess. Church, Jesus is coming back. I don't know if this is news to you, but He's coming back. The Word is full of His promises to come and rapture His church. And it sure looks—when I look outside my window, when I look at what's on TV—it sure looks like He's coming back soon. Church, I want—you know what—I want Him to find. When he gets here, I want him to find Life Story Church operating in kingdom principles uh, with the mind of Christ, amen. You know, I want him to find me pursuing uh, covenant relationships. I want him to find me uh, doing th- the work of the Great Commission. Hmm, you know what? The, guess what? The great, You talk about the Great Commission. What, what's the Great Commission? Anybody? You know what it is, right? Please tell me you know what it is. Share the gospel, right? Go into all the world and share the good news of the gospel. That's it. Tell them that Jesus died on the cross for their sins. He has offered a hand to them as they are lost in darkness. So, he uh, reached a hand out of the light and he wants to pull them into the light. All they have to do is accept the free gift and unders- and believe what he did and that he did it and that it's done. And And the relationship is there for them, right? Well, I'm just telling you, Man, I'm telling you, that is, that is our purpose. That is our goal. How can we be accomplishing that goal if we're not kingdom-minded, covenant-minded, all right? Jesus is coming back, and I want him to find us all engaged in that Great Commission. When, when, when you've got that mind, when you're thinking of others first, t- if you want to be effective with the Great Commission, I almost forgot what I was going to say. You didn't notice, did you? <laughs> if you want to be effective at the great with the great commission that you have been given, I am sorry, there is no skirting it. If you are a believer, right? If you want to be effective in sharing the gospel, uh, you know, you'll you'll do much better bringing in the harvest if you put others' needs first and you love them with a covenant mentality then they'll trust you and then guess what then they'll be believe what you have to say because I've always loved this saying I can't say that I coined it I wish I had but people don't care what you know until they know that you care how are they gonna know that you care if you're not operating in a kingdom mentality operating from a place of covenant friendship because if you're not then you're just in that relationship for yourself Why would they care? Why would they care what gospel or Jesus you've got to talk about? That's a poor, poor witness. And we, we, not only should we do better, we have to do better, church. Especially as the church. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back for those that he has made a blood covenant with. And I pray that is you. If it's not you, it can be you. Tonight, alright, there's a, a, a famous saying that what? Blood is thicker than water, right? I'm telling you, there is no blood thicker than the blood that was poured out on the cross for us. Amen? Jesus is coming. And we try, we try to figure out when he's coming, but you know, the more we try to figure it out, it feels like the more that we're wrong, I'm not an imminent guy, but boy, he could return Anytime. And I tell you, if he returned tonight and it was a day that everybody thought, boy, I wouldn't have picked that day. There's a reason for it. There's a reason for it. I just don't know it. He knows it, though, right? So it won't, I don't believe it'll be a random day to him. But to us, who, who knows, right? Are you living your life in covenants. Are you living your life in covenant with Jesus? And are you living your life in covenant with your husband, your wife? Are you living it in covenant with your friends, your family? You know, and, and they might not be capable of picking up their end of the bargain. That doesn't let you off the hook for having covenant relationships with them. Why? Because you know the answer to this, right? It's becoming all full circle now. Here it comes, right down to the end, because God picked up Abraham's side of the covenant. Because Jesus picked up your side of the covenant. And now it's to you. Covenant friendships, covenant marriages, covenant relationships are based and built on unconditional love. The love that we now have the ability to give and share because the Holy Spirit has enabled us to do it when we wouldn't have otherwise had the ability. So with that, church, I hope you were blessed tonight. We love you guys so much. Man, we got a big weekend coming up. Fourth of July weekend. So incredible. You know, we're gonna continue to do what we've been doing these last few weeks. We'll just we're gonna call it uh, you, we don't know what the weather's going to do considering that we're at an outdoor chapel. If it's going to rain or... So just pay attention to the Facebook post, okay? And I'll still, we'll still try to send out... We will send out the email on Saturday. So if you're on the list, you'll get that. If you're not on the list, get on that list. That's how we communicate to you guys. And that way you, you can't... It's, sometimes you don't see the thing in your notifications on Facebook, right? So better to be on the email list. So get us your email... Uh, Address if you're if you've not been receiving those emails yet. Okay, Uh, but we will keep you posted Uh, We'll play it by ear maybe even making the call Sunday morning, but we'll we'll always move forward as if we're gonna meet but if something gets in the way, then we'll uh, alert you guys, and we'll let you know, okay? So otherwise, plan to be out at the Rowwood ret- Retreat at 1030 for service, of course, earlier for Setup, team, setup Teams. But uh, we love you guys so much. It's an honor and a pri- privilege to be your pastor. I truly, truly, with all my heart, love you guys, and, uh, and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. And, and, uh, and let's pray, shall we? Amen every eye closed and every head bowed. If the Holy Spirit is bringing conviction to your heart right now, you don't need, need me to guess what that is. You know what it is. So bring it to the Lord in your mind. Go, go before him. Walk in his courts. He is seated at the right hand of the Father on that throne. Come before him. Kneel before him and say, Lord, have me. Have it. Lord, I'm selfish. Admit it. Say, Lord Jesus, I, I, all the relationships in my life are for, for my personal benefit. Or, or, you know what, God, I think I'm doing pretty good, but uh, the Holy Spirit's telling me there's some areas and some ways I could be doing better. Tell Him. Give it to Him right now. Surrender. Raise your hands wherever you are. Say, Lord Jesus, I want to love like You. I want I to want deepen my covenant relationship with You, and I want to deepen my covenant relationship with others. Lord Jesus, just give that to Him. Say, I want to do better. I want to be better. I want to grow. I want, I want, to, I want to step into my destiny for my life. And I understand that, I ha- that it is the relationships in my life and what I, how I'm looking at those and what I'm doing with those relationships will determine whether or not I step into my destiny. And I accept that, Lord Jesus. Have your way. Lord, thank you for being a good teacher. Thank you for being patient with me. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name. Now, if you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, we don't wanna close one service without giving you a chance. Like I said, there is a covenant for you. There is a hand reaching into the darkness to pull you into the light if you'll just embrace it. If that's what you wanna do tonight, say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you're God. I believe that you love me. Come into my heart and make me new. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin, to purchase my sin, to take, take the, the debt I owed away from me, God. I believe that you rose again on the third day, and because you live, I live. I will be with you one day. I believe that you're coming back and I believe you'll call call your people to yourself. Lord, count me among them because I know you are who you say you are. I know you are who the Word of God says you are and I put my faith and my trust in you that you've got me. Oh Lord Jesus, now now that I know that you've got me, help me to look out for others first, not look out for myself first because I know you're looking out for me. Oh, Lord Jesus, come into my heart and make me new and walk with me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. We love you guys so much. We'll hope to see you guys Sunday. Uh, if it gets canceled at the last minute, fret not, we'll still go live and broadcast uh, right here from, uh, from, the, from Randall House Studios. All right, so uh, Life Story Studios at the Randall House. How about that? We just, I just made that up. You like it? All right. Well, we love you guys. May the Lord bless you. May He keep you. May He make His face to shine upon you. May He pour favor out on your lives. May you go in grace, be safe this weekend. May you prosper in all you do. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. We love you guys.